Everybody, we are back. Listen, we have been to Dubai. And to this episode, we're going to talk about our visit to the Grand Mosque. This is Jamal. <laughs> That's the J. That's the J. This is Adrian. That's the A. That's the A. It's your boy, Michael. That's the M. That's the M. <laughs> oh, That's fellas. Yeah. What is way. going on? This is like part two of our... Whoever knows how many part series on Dubai. There were so many like, really. lessons and experiences and one-offs insights, and like yeah. insights. Uh, like it was just, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing, amazing, amazing trip. Uh, and we've already got a lot of feedback, positive feedback to our first episode um, to mm-hmm. Dubai, mm-hmm. where we told our airport stories and our desert safari. So if you haven't had a chance to go listen to that, go back and listen to it. You will hear a funny story on how I almost did not make the flight whatsoever and the shenanigans and antics that took place thereafter and then including when, once we got on the ground uh, to Dubai um, and also hear our feedback about the Desert Safari, our great friend Habib. Uh, Habib? Yeah, Habib. and we teased out a little bit our trip to the mosque. We talked about the fact Jamal made a very good mic drop point where he said we hadn't read the Quran, right? You remember that from the episode? Yeah. I got the 10 hottest scriptures in the Quran. One of popular. <laughs> Um, and so today we want to talk about our trip to the Grand Mosque. And fellas, I, I'm, I'm going to start off by saying I got some new information that Zainab, our tour guide, tour guide, was yes. reluctant to give us. Oh Zainab man, what was, was that? Dope. Well, I also Listen, got she was a very little teaser. Yeah, Zainab was. She she was great. Um, and uh, I think there may or may not be a story about me. Almost getting banned from <laughs> all mosques around. And what you have world. in common with a famous celebrity yes. regarding their trip to this very same mosque. Okay. So let's let's start off this thing because first of all, we wanted to go. It was a part of our agenda or our itinerary. Um, we booked the tickets and everything. Oh my we gosh. We didn't have no way there because it was like an hour, hour and a half away. away. From- in Dubai was in Abu Dhabi and so that was semi-stressful seemed to be stressful it it, it would be stressful for the one who was in charge of booking that transportation ladies and gentlemen uh, we have found out about on this trip on who is more responsible than the others and the (laughs) the burden that is placed on one's shoulder when it comes to securing our transportation and our entrance into the mosque Mm -mm. Jamal do you hear this this? I hear it I, I hear it because it then like, no, yeah, it, it was more like, uh, hey, can we get a can we get a ride? So we were at Concierge and we was trying to figure out how to get to Abu Dhabi, and then we find out that whoever's going to be taking us has to have had, had to have a COVID test as well. True, true, yeah, true. So, so the the problem, well, first of all, the problem was that Adrian is an egomaniac that has to have control over <laughs> not everything. Not true. Not true. Ladies everything. and gentlemen, that is not true. I wouldn't, I was happy so, to defer hey, all of this. That no, is you are. not true. That no, is you not are. true. We, 
he gave he developed a two-page letter <laughs> that included an itinerary from minute to minute of what we were going that's to inaccurate do because we there was a it. there was a complaint about the fact that there were no times on the itinerary i will post the itinerary <laughs> yes, on our website. Please. <laughs> yes please do so it, so the, so the problem was is that he didn't realize i mean he realized that the mosque is in abu dhabi yep he didn't realize that um getting transportation there wasn't the easiest correct that is part, true i will concede that part too yeah. because when i went last time it wasn't a problem or an issue i think the the thing was it's because of covid and they are very concerned and i think we kind of figured that we saw that in dubai yep. everywhere we mm-hmm. went particularly in the hotels um you know people were making you know everybody was wearing masks and they were making sure that we were wearing masks i remember uh we were about to leave i think for the desert safari we had just gotten some starbucks and we were walking through the hotel to go back to the main lobby to catch our ride to safari. And I pulled my mask down to take a drink of caramel frappuccino that I just purchased. <laughs> and one of the security, you know, was like, dude, oh. we need to back on. I'm like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. At this we just got the coffee. Yes. Yeah. We so I think so, so COVID definitely impacted our ability to get there. And uh, we were not initially before we left the States aware of some of those things. So what we, we ended up finding out was that, you know, we had to have a COVID test, a negative COVID test, um, you know, before we actually got in. Uh, But we we found that out, but then transportation, what, what happened with that? How come that didn't go so smoothly? So in my defense and in defense of everyone else, that is true. I will concede that it was very, very difficult to get transportation to Abu Dhabi. Um, At first, there were the when we tried to secure transportation, the first quotes that we got were extremely expensive uh, from concierge desk. So then we looked at Ubering. Ubering was fairly reasonable, but still not reasonable. Um, As always, I don't want to place responsibility or blame of anyone because I believe that, you know, everyone is entitled, you know, for forgiveness. But this is all Jamal's fault. Uh, And I will say. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. And and ladies and gentlemen, it's Jamal's fault because we did not know if Jamal was going to go to the mosque or not. Don't do that. True. <laughs> that, that is true. So tell, it was very un, it I, was very I, I, unclear I, if he was going to go to the mosque or not. So once we finally secured the fact that he was going to accompany us to the mosque, uh, we then found transportation. I downloaded an app because I believe in technology, went and tried to secure a car, uh, a rental car, X, Y, and Z. wasn't happening. All of a sudden, though, early in the morning, I'm working all night and day. And ladies and gentlemen, I am putting in our text thread <laughs> suggestions Apps. I'm keeping the fellas updated minute by minute. What's going on? We're going to find out at 1.30 in the morning if we got this transportation or not. And they weren't responding at all. They weren't doing anything whatsoever. They were doing their own thing. We were asleep. No, no. Let me be clear. No, let me be clear. Mike said, so, this, and this had to do with us getting our COVID test. You know, my originally one, my one that was originally scheduled, it was scheduled for 2.30. We was you know, we were all talking and said, well, it might not be back in time for us to go uh, because we needed that to get into Abu Dhabi. So I was like, okay. So Mike was like, well, come make sure you come to the hotel. Come to the hotel. They'll do it real fast. I got to the hotel, try to give him his name. Gave him the room number that he originally gave me. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Those are facts. And they're looking at me in the clinic like, um, yeah, that name and that room number do not go together. Listen, uh, listen ladies and gentlemen, it, no. it was not my fault that we moved. What had happened was I had gotten there 
uh, we had gotten there from another hotel and we just dropped our luggage off and then we went straight to the desert safari is that correct which was an all-day event so by the time we got back i didn't even realize the room that they had given me was um, a handicapped accessible room and so when we got back uh, i kind of noticed that and i was cool with it i was going to kind of stay there but they recognized who I was and that I am from the Daily Jam. And they were like, you know what? <laughs> this is not the type of room um, that suits um, a, a new, done uh, with you. possibly new uh, chic of Dubai. You done know, we're you. not going to do this. So, so they, they upgraded the brother. They upgraded this is a, a better view. This is, as we say in business class, a prelude to what you're going to hear about as it relates to uh, Mike messing up and thinking he's the sheik and how we almost got how he we almost got kicked out of the mosque. Uh, so I just want, ladies and gentlemen, to pay attention to this course of action. In, in the previous episode, you thought it was yes. me being uppity and in business class and bougie. You will listen as we well, talk about our visit there that the one who caused the most issues because he thought he was the sheik is none other than Michael Sanders. Well, first of all, stop using my government name. Secondly, <laughs> <laughs> secondly, um, I was just trying to take from your your lead a couple days before at the airport. Right. And ladies and gentlemen, keep in mind, once we finally secured transportation, we were on our way to Abu Dhabi. And this is why when we when I think Mike said in the previous episode of why there is always something that happens. Yes. We get to the border with our COVID test certificates in hand after might I point out that we still didn't know before we had gotten into the transportation mode if Jamal was going to be able to make it because his COVID test was super super late and we were waiting right. on him our original visit to the mosque was supposed to be at 9 a.m ladies and gentlemen I had it set for 9 a.m so that we yes. could do other stuff in Dubai 9 a.m our trip to the mosque was rescheduled subsequently subsequently that's a big word multiple syllables subsequently <laughs> Business class <laughs> right, right. Subsequently, changed two more times. But anyway, we get to the border, and we get and we see the military police there uh, and the border patrol, and they tell they us, serious. yes, they were serious. Yeah, that although we had our passports and although that we we had our negative COVID results, that we still needed a certificate or a visa to enter Abu Dhabi because if for a little bit, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Middle East, the United Arab Emirates, Emirates is one whole country, but Dubai and Abu Dhabi and some others are what we call city states, which means that they are sort of like their own country slash city unto itself. And so you still needed a pass to get across to the border. So he's told us that we needed to get a different certificate just across the border. He then ushers us to the exit ramp. We get off the X-Rep and then go to another location back towards Dubai to get a certificate just to cross the border into Abu Dhabi. And that was an adventure yeah. in of itself as well. It, it really was. I think, first of all, Adrian was a punk. I think he just, <laughs> <laughs> just went through it. I think we would have made it. I was not prepared to be shot no, just we to visit the mosque. We yeah, I'm not, I was not prepared I mean, to die. They did have guns and stuff, but how good of a shot are they? Like, you know, are they really? Uh, I'm not going to make that insult towards the great people of Abu Dhabi Border Patrol. No, I'm just asking. I said, we don't know. So you could have just kind of been. But but the point is, is that like, I, I don't understand because we were dressed the part. We all had. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, do y'all hear him? <laughs> We all had on our white dresses. What are they actually called? Gutra. Gutra. G U H. I mean, excuse me. G H U T R A. Gutra. Gutras. So we all gotcha. had on our Gutras, aka 
white dresses. <laughs> we all had on our what what's the headdress called, Adrian? Do you the remember? the headdress is just a scarf, but the the black thing that goes around is called an egar, e i g a r, like an egar, egar. That's what those round things were. But the scarf itself so is just a scarf. Yeah. So basically, we look like we belong. <laughs> yes, exactly. That I is think, true. I think. I think. The and more light than one. That I is true. That, yes, Jamal did pass Jamal. as an emirate. Emir- Emir- that's why we had to go through all of that. That's why because they you're, you're way taller than anybody in the country. True. And so they knew that you didn't really belong. And and really? and both Adrian and I had on Muhammad, aka Jesus sandals, <laughs> and you had on sneakers. He did. So they knew that you didn't belong. He did have on sneakers. He did have Let on me, sneakers. Dude, we were in the car. How the hell were they going to see my sneakers? Valid point. Valid point. Because they're long. You were like a size. Shut up, man. Extra long. <laughs> Shut so up. anyway, they turned us around at the border. We go yes. and we have to get our certificate for entrance or our visa. We get uh, those. And ladies and gentlemen, when we tell you how strict they are about crossing the border, we saw a group of other individuals who were literally getting wrist monitors on their yes. arms uh, to indicate that once they entered Abu Dhabi for their duration, they were being monitored. Their location was being monitored Trapped. no matter where they went so like that. That's just how serious they are. about when you cross the border back and forth. But it was kind of cool. It looked like an, an Apple watch with just an extra big face. Yes. Right. It was like really, really big. But I don't and want it, the government tracking me that. But also, talk about tracking uh, and, and my tendency to speed and my criminal record here in the United States of America. Every light post from the drive from Dubai to Abu Dhabi had a speed sensor camera. Like the cameras were on every light post. And the car that we were in... The car that we're in gave you an indicator or a blinker that told you that when you went over the speed limit, it would tell you vehicle over speed, you need to slow down. That's how serious and strict and conservative they are uh, in these two countries but it also, uh, and what we had in store for us. It also speaks to their their, their technology. Yeah, I love it, it, yeah, yeah, in hindsight, but when you you know, when you're a thug like myself, you know, that's yeah. <laughs> a thug with a that with a with is... a with a well, the Oxford. With an Oxford <laughs> that you're actually wearing again right now. I'm re- like, I'm a reform thug. So like I've seen the Arab ways, and it was because of our visit to the mosque. That's where I changed my life. There you go. <laughs> so speaking of our, so we we went through that process, which was an arduous process. Um, nothing really totally exciting happened while no. we were there. It was just like oh. a long way, and it was like it would like we literally stepped out of a, a an air conditioned car into hell. Yes, it was like 111 mm-hmm. degrees. Um, and even though it was a short walk to the building, um, it, it was just incredibly yeah, drenched. It was yeah. drenched in sweat. It was it, was, it yeah. was in the middle of nowhere. It literally was. Yeah. A, I think we were somewhere near a military base. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I, I was. I think the thing that that shocked me the most is that we, you know, when we stepped in the building, they didn't. Rec- no one recognized us. They didn't know who we were. No, but I just did just make a post. Uh, you remember we <laughs> showed up on the uh, podcast. You know, the podcast uh, selections while we oh, were on the plane. Oh, that's right. Yeah, on Emirates. Yeah, we forgot to talk about that. You mm-hmm. actually posted that? Did I just posted that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. While we are recording the podcast, this unfocused person is doing <laughs> other stuff. Okay. We got you. Thank you. So let's, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen, let's not keep our listeners in suspense for too much longer. Let's no. talk about the actual Moss trip, which was like when the that part of the country, the Middle East, when you have that amount of wealth 
And I would dare say, if I may go on a limb, when you have that amount of wealth and imagination, it's amazing mm-hmm. what you can come up with in terms of building mm-hmm. something. So the complex itself, the Grand Mosque in Abu Dhabi, is the second largest only to the one in uh, Saudi Arabia, which is Mecca. So to put it in scale for the Islamic faith, there's Mecca and then there's everyone else, right? So, mm-hmm. But for this one... This mosque was built uh, a number of years ago. It was the vision of the former president of the uh, former president of UAE, the uh, the sheik. Um, He unfortunately passed away before it was completed, but his vision um, was carried on by his sons, uh, and they Uh built the second largest mosque in the world uh, in Abu Dhabi. And we have the fortunate fortunate privilege uh, to visit there. Uh, And so when you, it's. To put it in perspective, the scale, Jamal was capturing a video of this. From the highway, it looked massive and overwhelming. It was. And like it was like just from the highway itself, it was a marvel uh, and a sight yeah. to see. So even like when we kind of came around that curve or that bend and it mm-hmm. kind of, you know, appeared, you know, we all were like, wow. Wow, yeah. We had yeah. Like, side. like it was amazing just kind of seeing it, you know, from the road. I mean, the architecture was breathtaking. I know when we got inside, um, because, you know, once you get into the parking structure, you come through, then, you know, they had Tim Hortons. Me and Mike stopped at Tim Hortons, Abu Dhabi. (laughs) Um, And then there's, right, and then there's this long hall um, that has, like, those uh, people movers that they have, like, they have in the airport. Well, before you get there, uh, the escalator, the the complex itself underground, before you even get near the mosque, is welcoming to visitors. They have a grocery store. They have McDonald's. They had convenience stores. They had places where if you were not dressed properly to enter the mosque, you could purchase some clothing. Uh, Like, the the complex itself underground was, like, this massive, I don't want to say shopping center, because I don't think that doesn't doesn't give it the right context or reverence for it. But they had enough convenience and stuff for you to before you even got to the mosque itself i think the correct yeah. term for it was soak s-o-s-o-a oh yeah yeah like, like the market yeah 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 yeah, absolutely. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. they had all that underground and uh that I was a pretty dope soup, yeah soup. okay and then we ran into a hiccup as usual mike <sighs> disappeared on us so we got there we're getting where we we have our scheduled time to get our tickets to go into the mosque and Mike disappears, ladies and gentlemen. He was supposed to go back to the car for a brief second. and Brief. Brief second. And we didn't hear from him for like half an hour. So what had happened was, so I was going to go change my headrest. I wanted a different color uh, headrest. And when I was going to the um, uh, car, there was someone that was trying to get me to buy some jewelry or something. And so I wanted to avoid him. So I went the other way. But then I saw this shop. And they had this cool um, uh, piece that you can put over your white dress, AKA, what is it called, Adrian? Gutra. Gutra, that you can put over your Gutra. And it was black and it was gold, um, with gold trimming. And it's, he said, like, this is kind of what kings and sheiks wear. And so I was I was uh, going to get that so I can stun on y'all. So, ladies and uh, gentlemen, but... so, so uh, for point of record, point of order here, he told jamal that he was unfocused for posting like 10 minutes ago and we have a scheduled appointment to go into the mosque and he got unfocused because he saw something shiny and glittery yeah, exactly 
inside inside exactly. the mark the marketplace while we were scheduled to go visit this holy site uh and this mosque so i was trying to stunt on y'all that's what i was trying <laughs> who to stunts in front of allah for allah this is a place of reverence and reveredness and allah calmness and serenity. Than he made y'all. <laughs> don't, don't be mad at don't hate the play i hate the game you're starting oh. to sound like bow wow as fresh as i mean but don't <laughs> don't but don't hate Allah either, though. Yeah. So we no, we get into the we get into the the finally the entrance of the mosque, and then Jamal, you can take it from where you was talking about the people mover. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so and so they had famous um, famous portraits on the wall going through. I yep. mean, there was Queen of England, the Duke that recently passed. Um, uh, there were the Pope. It wasn't. It was. It was the Pope. It wasn't the Dalai Lama, but it was some. Oh yeah, else. some other famous monk. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was just, you know, everyone who's come to visit. And then you go up the, the escal- uh, escalator and then boom, you walk outside and there is the corner of the mosque. And the grounds were, listen, immaculate. you talk about one of the, the cleanest places on earth. Yes. Mm. It was immaculate. One the, yeah. One of the cleanest places on earth. And, um, just, and, and the guy, when I was looking at the, the, the additional piece to the robe, to the gutra, um, it was the reason I didn't get it was one, it was too long Two, we were negotiating that I knew you guys were waiting. And so I didn't want to continue the negotiation process to get it to the price that I wanted. Uh, but it was too long. He said, don't worry. The floors are clean. It won't, I promise you, it won't get dirty. And I he, just kind of yeah. thought like, you did tell us that. Yeah. Weird. Like, it was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And, uh, we got there and literally the cleanest place. And ladies and gentlemen, to put in context of how clean this place is before we continue to try to paint this visual one, our audio representation of what that mosque is will not do it justice. Like no, if you're listening to us right now, go check out the video that Jamal has posted. Go see some of our pictures. Those still don't do it justice. You have to go over there to see it for yourself. They have a crew every few minutes with sweepers cleaning the grand courtyard of the mosque that's how clean they keep it like they literally in the hottest of weathers because we were up there profusely sweating at least i was and so was the staff Mm -hmm. but every few minutes they were going out there and wiping down the floor which no one was walking on like the marble like no one was even walking on the marble and they still were every few minutes uh were cleaning it so we started off doing our own individual tours uh the three of us did walking around just taking in the sites individually uh and Mm -hmm. then uh i believe mike had the grand idea to uh get a tour a tour guide get a tour yeah and the tour guide that he put in the text thread his name was dj Khaled. Um, (laughs) so i was i was excited to see dj Khaled, and uh guess what we didn't get we did not get dj Khaled at all we got dj zanin so what Yes. While we were waiting on you all, because it took forever for you all to kind of get there. So basically what happened was um, DJ, me and Khaled was there. He said, you know, I'd ask him his name. He said, my name is Khaled. I was like, like DJ Khaled? He's like, yeah. Like DJ. I was like, you know DJ Khaled? And he was like, yeah, I know DJ Khaled. I was like, you, you listen to his music? He was like, I do. I like his music. And so we talked about that for a while. And because it took you all so long to get back to us, um, you know, he he had something else to do. And he said, I'm going to give you Zainab, you know, and she is just. As it's not Zainab, like his two things. It's just Zainab. 
Like it's just Zainab. Zainab. No, that's it's not Zainab. That's what I call her. That's the that's not the name that, that Allah Zainab has had. given her. Her name is Zainab. Allah didn't give her that name. Her mama gave her that name. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> and and it's interesting because we had a conversation because there's actually a, a character in the Bible um, that is is named Zainab. Uh, and I'd ask her if she was aware of that. And she wasn't. She said she's not aware of um, yeah. the Bible as much as the Quran. The Quran. The, Zainab gave which, us a great tour, a fantastic tour of the mosque. Yeah. She did, which, um, again. And the, the benefit of getting the tour guide is that you can actually physically go that's into true. the mosque and be on the carpet. So that's why yes, I went into the main prayer hall. And it's crazy because the main prayer hall can hold up to 7,000 people. Yes, that is true. It's 7,000 people inside the main prayer prayer hall, which is was the largest. It was made by an Iranian artist. It is the largest carpet in the world. Like they took mm -hmm. it came the in world. nine big segments, I think she said, and yeah. then they were stitched together on cargo planes. On cargo on planes. Cargo planes. On cargo planes. Um, but it is the largest piece of carpet constructed in the world and it was absolutely phenomenal including the yeah, chandeliers and, it's in and the everything. Guinness like Book that. of World Records. Yes. That's how we know. Gu that it's a Guinness Book and it measures at 60,570 square feet. Right. Yeah. What it's, what, it's what crazy. Is it? One of the things that was amazing to me about the carpet, in addition to the dimensions and things like that, is that she gave us a secret of how oh, and so yeah. many of us have kind of seen how Muslims during prayer will line up in straight lines. Um, and, you know, that was just kind of always like an amazing thing to me. You know, you would see yeah. it, but yep. it was like, how do they get in these straight lines? And there is a little secret you guys want to share. Should we share the secret? I don't know if we should make them go to Dubai. I, I mean, Abu Dhabi. I think they should Dubai. go to Dubai and Abu Dhabi or everywhere else in there. Or this is an opportunity. I say to our listeners out there, I challenge you to go to a local mosque in your area and see mm -hmm. if they have this, because mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they do, because everyone lines up the same way. But go to a local mosque. You'll have a chance to experience, you know, how they worship and, and pray. Uh, and because most mosques are built the same in terms of the core pieces that they have inside, in terms of, like, that main, like, altar pulpit that they have in the area from the, the towers that they have. Like, every mosque is not constructed the same way, but they have the same elements um, in terms of... Uh, construction so uh if you go to your local mosque visit your local mosque um you'll find out why how they are able to line up in symmetrical order uh and almost perfect fashion it's a fascinating secret um especially given that that is the world's largest carpet and how they got it down to the way that it is so yeah there's a little hint anybody remember the weight because like it like, oh I yeah it was like thousands i forget it's, it, it's yeah, tons. It tons like tons even yeah. when they yeah. just by shaving the the um lines and it you know it it gave it i think it shed like 10 tons yeah it's, it's it, yeah something like that something yeah, don't quote me on that yeah but it's it's it was it was that carpet is massive and it weighs a lot but to even to get it to where it is now is is, is pretty cool so, but zainab gave us a fantastic tour uh she yes. talked about the columns there are over a thousand columns in the grand mosque right mm -hmm. um as well 82, as the, the 82 domes. Yeah. 82 domes and the chandeliers, like everything, the greatest thing, no, it's not the greatest thing. I think it's one of the most important things, at least from my perspective, everything inside that mosque has a purpose. Like nothing mm -hmm. is done just by happenstance. Every yeah. single thing 
inside that masculine purpose, which to me signifies the intentionality around everything, even to how Zainab was yes. telling us about the crystals and what they represent and being inclusive mm. to other cultures the and faiths and the flowers. Like everything mm. has a purpose and it was intentional. Um, and yes, especially yeah. given how um, Muslim Americans have been treated in this country ever since we've had some terrorist attacks, it's amazing to see how inclusive and diverse and loving that faith and that culture is, despite how the, the narrative that is still told about them in certain circles. Speaking yeah. of, and speaking of inclusive, they talked about, Rosina, you know, shared with us three pillars that the Muslim faith has. And um, that was actually one of them, right. you know, being inclusive. Yeah. And then the other two were tolerance. Yep. And the third one, peace. I think, yeah, the third one was peace. You know, I think there's two things that, that really stepped out and struck me. Uh, one was the flowers. If you look at a lot of our, some of the pictures that I've posted, um, you see the courtyard has uh, flowers in the courtyard. The pillars have uh, flowers. Yeah. The significance of those flowers, one, those are inlaid marble. So they're not painted. Yep. Handmade. Um, handmade. So at each, each um, tower or east entrance to the Grand Mosque, there are um, flowers. And those flowers represent each, each flower represents um, the flower that the origin that they came from in their original hemispheres. Yep, so in the regions, yep. Like, yep, in the and they only grow in those regions, which also talks about the the how open, you know, and, inc yeah. and non-inclusive that they are. Um, but also the wall. The oh, wall yeah. with the, the 99 names or qualities yes, uh, of, of Allah. Allah. Yep. And what she said, she said, if you look at that middle pillar, pillar, can you tell us what it said? We all were like, no. She said, well, that's Allah in Arabic and God in English. Mm -hmm. And that also, it kind of it kind of opened my eyes a little bit because you, for years, how many, how, how long have we heard about this clash between Christians and Muslims? Yep. Mm -hmm. And um, you've you've never heard that. Um, from the Christian side of it. And it was just, it was, it was refreshing to me to, to hear that. Um, and, you know, aside from their prayer schedule, six prayers a day, mm -hmm. which, uh, which is another feat. I mean, I don't know, I don't remember if I, we talked about it on the last podcast, but I know I was coming into the city off the Palm and there were cars parked three deep um, during lunch and it actually held up traffic, come to find out it was prayer time and it didn't matter where you were. It didn't matter what you were doing. You stopped to pray. And, um, it was, uh, it was, it was enlightening. So. Yeah. And then they had the different clocks very... and the times, um, mm -hmm. the, the wall that you're talking about, Jamal, I believe it's called the, I want to say it's called like the Quibla Q U I B L A Q U I B L A. And basically it had these 99 attributes of Allah, uh, and then there was one that was blank and she asked mm -hmm. us why we believed, uh, it was blank. Um, and why is that Mike, since you like to do it to us, why is that Mike? Why yeah. was it blank? I think I was the only one that actually knew the answer to this, uh, to actually most of her questions, but the reason that that <laughs> was, shut up, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> well, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Don't hate the player, bro. I hate the game. Uh, <laughs> the reason that that one was blank. Uh, is because it, it's really kind of stands for infinity that the right. amount of quality mm -hmm. that Allah has and possess um, are just uh, you know infinite. Yep. It's yeah. infinite. 
Yeah. Yeah. And the cool thing about it, it you know, because, you know, you, when you look at another group of people or another religion or something from the outside, there's a lot of assumptions, I think, that mm -hmm. we, you know, as, you know, bring just because we don't know. Um, uh, and so one of the things that when we had looked at the prayer clock, um, and the first one was, you know, before the sun rises, and she kind of explained that, and it was, I think, and it changes based on when the sun rises and things like, but I think that day it was like 4.10 a.m. Yeah. Um, was the very first prayer, uh, and, and they all have kind of names, and so we, we were like, you know, really, you, you get up 4.10 every morning? And she was like, most of the time. <laughs> yeah. She admitted, she was like, I'm human. There's sometimes I'm like, yeah, no, nah, not today. I'm not going to make this one, God, or Allah, you know. Um, and, but she said, you know, you know, you'll miss one, you know, so twice, you know, but you don't kind of make it a habit, you know. Correct. So, yeah. Um, so, so even the humanity, um, you know, in the, the folks, um, even though they have uh, what some appear to be a rigid schedule or expectation. Um, you know, uh, for, for those of us who are on the outside of the religion, um, you know, they're human and they said, you know, yeah, we do our best to kind of do it. Um, but we don't always kind of make it, uh, which was actually very yeah. uh, insightful. I thought. Yeah. And, and I think she spoke a lot, even, uh, kind of not in the forefront, kind of like in the background was just basically the dedication of service, um, to the faith and to Allah. And the reason why I say that is because as hot as it was that day and as hot as it was outside, there was still tons of staff across the entire mosque. People were still doing their jobs. People were extremely helpful. And there were certain places that had were very air conditioned, like those massive doors that open up and you get a nice whiff of air. But there were people who were literally outside at their post mm -hmm. in their sh long sleeve shirts with a tie security had on their tie. Yeah. Like they were all still had reverence for that place and a dedication to that place despite the temperatures outside. And I know we are like, well, temperature's not that bad. When you are uncomfortable, you are uncomfortable. Um, mm -hmm. And so uh, the most of the mosque is actually outside in terms of just appreciating the grand courtyard um, and not the main prayer hall. They even have a, uh, the prayer hall just for women. Then they had the smaller mm -hmm. chapel or prayer hall, excuse me, that's, um, that was on the other side too, like the north and south. Uh, they had also gardens on the grounds. There's also a mausoleum dedicated to the Grand Sheik who uh, passed away, who this was his vision. He's buried on the grounds um, yes. there as well. And we went over there, and there is um, a reader, um, an imam. Is that right, imam? Yeah, imam, um, yeah, who was yeah. there reading the Quran uh, nonstop. The only time that they stop is actually during those scheduled prayers that Mike and Jamal times, talked yeah. about. Yeah, the prayer times. But for the rest of the time, there's someone reading the Quran throughout the entire day. So um, to me, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead oh, go I was going to say, like, I just, it just brings back memories of childhood of watching mostly crazy movies. So when you think about like your, um, your, your uh, Mission Impossibles or your, a lot of your terrorist patriotic movies, you always see the people talking to Arabic, you always hear the people reading the Quran. You always see the people praying at the mosque and all that kind of stuff to actually visit one and visit one on this scale and see how they do everything literally does change your whole perspective, at least from my end of just oh, how yeah. cool and as cool as might not right the word, not, not the right word, just how amazing their faith is in attention to detail, attention to service. That was very, that's very really different is. than what you get on television. It, 
it really is, especially because, you know, the narrative that we kind of get in the United States, particularly after 9-11, but I think we kind of got it before right. 9-11, you yep. know, is that, um, you know, their religion is about killing Americans and things like that. And, and sheltering their women and, yeah. you know, you know, conservative, 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 they don't do anything, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it was it was very interesting. It was, one of the things that I thought, ladies and gentlemen, um, Adrian is so insensitive sometimes, and this is what he. Oh, we're not about to do this. You <laughs> are not. You are not going to believe when we got to the gravesite of the sheik who actually built it. Uh, what his he, he started it. Um, one, he financed it with his his own money. His own money. Yeah, and I know how and, much he spent. Yeah, we don't. And I do. I found out. To, Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, so, that was a secret and, I told you at the top of the show, but I'll, I'll wait to get done. Okay, mm-hmm. so so he financed it with all his, his, his money, and it's still paying to upkeep the staff. Everything is still paid for through his money. So we actually went to kind of honor him uh, at his gravesite. Of course, there was a security guy there. What African country was he from? Do you guys remember? Oh, Sudan? Uganda? No. Uganda, Uganda, Uganda. Uganda, Uganda. yeah. I think it was Uganda, yeah. Yeah. He was a Muslim. You know, he walked us. He told us where we can kind of, we couldn't take pictures or anything. Correct. He told us where we can kind of get a really good view of of where he was buried. And, you know, we were there. Very uh, emotional, spiritual moment. And Adrian was like, his grave ain't better than Dr. King's grave, Martin Luther King's grave. (laughs) I'm like, dude, are you serious? Now, ladies and gentlemen, you know that Mike lies. I would also like to point a fact out is which... Of the three of us who are on this uh, podcast, who um, record this from three different locations across the country, which one of us is located right there in Atlanta, Georgia? That will give you what an insight have to do with, because that will that tell you that will anything? tell you who's the one that did this. Have you, have you not been to Dr. King's gravesite? I have. Have actually. Exactly. Let me do it this way, ladies and gentlemen. Go exactly. to all three of our pages. We challenge you. I challenge you to go to all three of our pages and look at which one of us has their scarf spread out like uh, like a winged eagle inside of the Grand Prayer Hall. And that will tell you all you need to know about who did what at the Grand Mosque in Abu Dhabi, who at the mosque quoted a Drake song. So instead of the Quran, so that'll tell you all you need to know. Jamal, go ahead and post that one where where that I almost got kicked out. Well, let's, let's, let's tell that story. before we tell that story, we have to say that, because I, I want to hear this uh, too, how much it costs. So when Zayna app, that's because that's what I call her. Yes. Okay. That's the, that's the relationship. Call her that name. Her call her. Have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, yeah, don't, that's what we, that's what me and Zayna app has. And by the way, she was incredibly pretty. Um, I saw her face. And so she was really cute. Uh, but nevertheless, she, um, quoted a jay-z line so one of the things she told us was that the sheik you know created that um uh you know paid for it all himself and that the money for the upkeep and the staff is still coming out of what uh um what what he oh, has a family's pocket mm-hmm. and so we asked you know how much does this cost because it is incredibly you know opulent that the the i mean everything they spared no expense and i think she even told us they spared no expense she said, we asked how much is it costs. And she said, um, we really don't tell people that because yep. it's not about, you know, the the price, um, particularly, um, you know, and that's when she kind of quoted the Jay-Z line. She had said that uh, the, the best form of giving is anonymous to anonymous. And so then I finished. She didn't the say line. that. 
She was talking about but when you do something. Meant. No, that's yeah, exactly. Something like that. She something talked like about that. charity but, but and in the it, sense of. Go ahead, okay, Mike. But, yes, continue okay, to spew Adrian, these lies. Maybe she didn't use the exact quote, but was it closer to what Jay-Z <laughs> said than what Bruce said, Jamal? Let me ask you that. Of question. course. Of course. Okay. No, well, first of all, if you were if you were an avid Springsteen listener, just as much as I am a Jay-Z listener, then you would know that Springsteen talks about charity. Now, as it relates to Zainab, of what she talked about. She said that we do things in the service of others and in the service of charity. So we don't talk about, uh, costs. And she talked, she equated it to not wanting it to be corrupt and thought and all the other type of stuff. So that's the aspect of that. And she, when I asked of how much it costs, she said, that's always a very famous question in terms of, um, how much does it, does it cost? And we don't know how much it costs was the answer that she gave. Now, mm-hmm. everyone knows on this podcast, those of you who are listening and those of my co-hosts who know this, I am an avid reader and researcher. So when you tell me some information, it is my job to go and prove you wrong um, <laughs> or <laughs> to, to verify what you said. And that so <laughs> so I went and did a lot of reading and it is estimated. Uh, it is estimated that the mosque cost around $545 million. To her credit, she did say millions of dollars, millions of dollars. Now, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this is the second largest mosque in the world. They have marble from at least 32 other countries that make up the entire mosque. We're not talking yes. about the gold. We're not talking about the ha- the the three chandeliers that they have in there with the thousands upon thousands of Shikorsky uh, crystals. We're not talking about the carpet. We're not talking about all the columns. We're not talking about the staff and the management and the upkeep. Like, like that, like it is staggering the amount, but to her credit, and I mean, like this, the way that she thought about it and how the faith believes this, it actually isn't about the cost. It is about, this was the vision that the grand Sheik had that his sons Mm -hmm. delivered upon for a service to others. And the other thing that she said that I think it's important to note is that she said, this wasn't just for us referring to Muslims in their faith. She said, this was inclusive for everyone to come and visit for everyone to come and see Mm -hmm. and experience. And I thought that that was pretty cool because most places are cut off to the public. So I think of the Vatican Mm -hmm. and we think of the Catholic church and their billions of followers. You can't go to the Vatican unless you know someone, unless you're part of the priesthood, unless you're part of the Pope's inner staff, like you can do tours, but the Vatican Mm -hmm. is its own cutoff country. And Mm -hmm. literally it's its own Mm -hmm. cutoff country. Um, and so they're very, very reclusive they got secrets. In, that, right, in that in that aspect of it. Uh, this mosque yeah. is very, very open. It is free to visit. Let's point that out. It is free to mm-hmm. the public and anyone that wants yeah. to visit it to go and experience it. And uh, the tour guide is free as well. And she gives you or he will give you a wealth of information about what the mosque is, what it represents uh, and the symbol that it is across the UAE, but also to the world. And then Mike asked if uh, he can use we can use the pulpit. Exactly. <laughs> to do the podcast. Exactly. Exactly. Can we go live? Somebody, can we go live from the pulpit here? Look, and ladies and gentlemen. I am just trying to give our audience a real authentic um, experience with us. And so I was doing it for our audience out there. Ladies and gentlemen, that question came from the bowels of my, what's it called, Adrian? The bowels of your crescendo? Sure. Crescendo, yes. Mm. The bowels of my crescendo. I don't even know what a crescendo is, but Adrian. Just shine it out. It sounds so cool. But it came from the bowels of my crescendo thinking about 
our audience and our listeners and how dope that would be to bring them with us uh, in this experience. So, um, and she, she, she was very nice and she said, you know, I, I, would, I would do it if I could, but I'll probably get fired. And of course, me and Zainab are really close and I don't want her losing her job. It, basically, Zainab, However, she spent most of her time telling Michael that that is not appropriate uh, reverence like, and behavior like, inside the mosque. Like we were in grade school. That, that's what I kept hearing. No, yes. don't do that. No, don't do that. Yeah, we don't, we no. don't do that here. That is, that, is, that is not true, ladies and gentlemen. She was very inclusive of my... Uh, uh, I, I tell you, Jamal, Jamal, I tell you what she was. Very she tolerant. was very tolerant. Exactly. Very tolerant of Michael's, <laughs> Michael's behavior. <laughs> she, was, she was exhibiting uh, the, the three pillars of the faith. Yes. And so that's wonderful. That's why I love her. I love yeah. saying that. Mm. Um, anyway, so there was one experience um, that almost got me banned from every mosque uh, in the world, which would have been really bad because I really do want to go to Banca now. I, I want to. I want to go mm -hmm. back there because I, you've seen this one. And I, I said that too. Not the yeah. grandest. You know, we have to kind of see the grandest at some point. Yeah, we got to. Uh, Saudi Arabia is a whole other trip, though. Like, yeah, literally, it, that it is really a whole is. Yeah, other yeah, you gotta trip. Go when, we got to make sure there's peace going on before. <laughs> um, but anyway, so a part of a part of our, our trip was, you know, we wanted to kind of capture. It, it was interesting because there there's a moment where you really want to just be present in the moment and experience this new experience that you've never experienced before. Um, but then, you know, kind of because of who we are and what we do, and we also wanted to kind of be able to share some of those with you. And so that, you know, took or uh, included, of course, taking videos with which uh, Jamal did a wonderful job of and also taking pictures. And so there were um, while we didn't I mean, you can take pictures everywhere in and around the mosque of, you know, of, of everything, with the exception of the sheik's grave. I right. couldn't take pictures over there. Right. Um, and so we didn't take uh, a lot of pictures, but there were um, a few pictures that uh, we did kind of take. And I think Jamal posted a couple. Um, but then there was one where, you know, we were just kind of standing there in our white uh, robes, uh, dresses, a.k.a. Gutras, um, with <laughs> our stuff on. And we were just taking, you know, just kind of regular. We just chilling. They took a couple mm -hmm. pictures of us. Yeah. And then I said, let's kind of take a fun one. Oh, God. And so... <laughs> Yeah, almost I'll got us all there. kicked out. Yes. I'll let you guys take it from there. Ladies and gentlemen, um, as we get ready to share this insight, please keep in mind that Rihanna, the superstar Rihanna, my umbrella Rihanna, the Savage Fenty uh, Rihanna, she... My future baby mama. She was banned, I believe, that day, or she was asked to leave the mosque for mm -hmm. behavior or conduct or pictures that were unbecoming of the decorum and reverence for that place. Now we are inside the mosque. We are standing there with the carpet beneath our feet with the Ooh. chandeliers at our back, with the columns to our side. And Mike decides to say, let's do a silly pose in the holiest of holy places. Let's do a silly pose. And as he goes to contort his face <laughs> to a, As he goes to affix his eyebrows and smile and lift his feet into the air to make this pose, Zainab kindly reminds Mike that this is not what we do here at no. this mosque. Yes. Yes. And if Rihanna can get escorted out immediately, <laughs> exactly. so can you. 
right. but however i did not get it escorted out because i am just on a slightly higher level than rihanna but i love you know what Wait, we're not gonna do that i love you because so i, I didn't we're get not. kicked out however jamal you do have this picture in your archives and so while i while what Adrian said is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, of course, he always adds his little flair. So, like, the, the the base of what he's saying is accurate. He added a little extra stuff, you know, with it. Um, you mean the facts? In in the picture, Jamal, <laughs> that you have that we could actually post. Mm-hmm. Um, was Adrian not kicking his leg up? as well was his foot not off the ground and his toe pointed no that was me about to separate from the photo because zainab had warned you that that was not conducive to the behavior of the establishment and so i was moving out of the way (laughs) so for the record um one of you are gonna have to check your phones because i'm I'm looking and i don't have that amen look at god look at allah Yes. Well, Look at Allah. And I and I don't have that. Thankfully, I got it. So let me go ahead and pull it up and put it in the text thread expeditiously. Oh snap! Uh, <laughs> and you know, we actually got some really good pictures with her. Oh, with Zainab. Zainab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. She was a great tour guide, and she gave us uh, not only a lot of the history of the mosque. Uh, and what the towers represent, and the marbles, and the flowering, and the inlays of the carpet. Like, those are all the the little intricate details. But basically what she delivered to me is that she was, to me, what I felt like, she was serving as an ambassador for Muslims and uh, in the UAE as a whole in terms of this is actually who we are, this is what we truly represent. Um, and even though you are new to this area or new to this mosque, let me extend this warm hospitality in addition to giving you lessons about what how the mosque was built and the, the intricate details of it. Let me show you what my faith allows me to believe and share with you as another fellow human being, even if you don't mm-hmm. speak my language and even if you don't practice my faith. Um, and yeah. so I think that that was hugely, hugely important. So shout out to her um, because that is allowing us to come back here to the States to talk to our listeners out there uh, who are within earshot of us about the podcast, uh, listening to the podcast to let them know that this isn't like, we didn't wake up and say, Oh, great. Um, We now have all this new information about Muslims. What we're saying is at least what I'm saying is we went to where they are and where they are from. And we experienced their world and their culture without the, uh, biases that can be intentional or unintentional or explicit and implicit. And we just saw them in their natural uh, element and expressed their faith in the way that they best know how. And it was amazing. Absolutely. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, I just found the picture. As you look at the picture, you will notice. see that Jamal and I are standing straight still. And Michael is the face. one. But look at our face though. The, look we're giving. And, the, the and, side and look eye at, that but, I am but, giving Michael right now but, about but, his but, antics. But, but look at, but look at his feet. You'll notice two things. Number one, <laughs> it is off the ground, just like mine is. Number two, you'll notice that he only has four toes. Adrian got the most messed up feet in the world, and he had the nerve to wear sandals. Here's the thing: Allah made me the Allah made me the way that I am. So, ladies and gentlemen, I don't mind telling y'all this. So, on my right foot, I have two toes that are the same size. All right, and one sits on top of the other, so it looks like I have four toes when I really have five. So that's the story behind that. And as that particular foot (laughs) is lifting up off the ground to get out of the photo, because Mike is throwing back his scarf 
trying yep. to lean back and pose. And both Jamal and I are giving him the uncomfortable, I really don't want to be in this photo with you look, side eye saying, you doing the most. No. <laughs> Listen, my, th- my <laughs> thumb says. Jamal got his hand. <laughs> no. My that thumb says, he's grabbing it's his time thing. to get out. He's grabbing his car because he's about to do the same thing. No, I'm not. They no, I was the picture not. Before. No, I was not. I'm, it's not even Adrian my hand. Did look like, Adrian did look like he was scared. Like, he was about to go back to jail. <laughs> <laughs> he's never been in jail in another country. So. And, and, and first of all, this, is a, this isn't my normal due process jail. So at least when I go to jail in the States, I know there's some SHIT I can talk to the officers because they have to at least adhere to some of my rights. Over in uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai, I'm beholden to the royal family, so I could be locked away, and, and God knows what I'm a happens part to me. Of the royal family. Let me show you this other picture of me. So, ladies and gentlemen, we know you can't see the, the visual aspect of it, but please note that Jamal is giving the awkward thumbs up. I'm giving the side eye, and Michael is over there acting like he is in a rap video featuring Drake talking about being an Emirati, <laughs> um, Listen, and that's exactly wanna, how that photo is staged. In Dubai, they embrace me it, like no. the Emirati. If you want, he did say that too. If you want to see the picture, go to T Daily Jam on Facebook and Instagram, and you will see this picture. Yes, there you go. Can we light it up? Me and Adrian look so dark. You open that door, but because oh, we're in a holy man. holy space, I won't even enter. It. It's okay. Like we, right. I, yes, I don't I'll, even. I'll first, up. first person to comment about Adrian's four toes gets a free T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Uh, Allah made me oh the way God. that I am. Um, so shout out to Zainab. Um, yes. if that is the appropriate way to say it, uh, well, let me say it this way. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your hospitality and your facts and your, uh, laid backness in terms of just, you know, going with the flow and allowing us to be who we are, uh, in yeah. your space and in your, uh, holy place. Um, and we thank you for, uh, introducing more of your religion, uh, and faith to us and to our listeners out there and to our listeners out there, uh, please, please, please go visit the mosque. Ask for Zainab if you can and tell her the tea, the daily jam sent you uh, to visit. Yeah. You know, and and I would say, um, definitely to anybody who, who just has questions. Um, it's, it's good to expand your mind. Everything is not always what it seems, uh, especially in the media. Uh, I know this, I mean, you know, it's crazy because a lot of people saw my pictures and thought I converted. And I'm like, yeah, no, 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 I didn't. Um, I didn't. But um, even even Louis Farrakhan um, has read from both Bibles, the Quran and the Bible. And even, in, you know, in his later years, he has mentioned uh, similar scriptures out of both. So I'm just saying expand your mind. Don't always, you know, don't fall to someone else's understanding. Um yeah. yeah. One of the things in Christian uh, is, you know, we always talk about seeking God and hearing God's voice, at least a lot of like, like that part of the Christian faith. And one of the my favorite uh, Quran quotes um, that I was uh, looking at, uh, there's a longer p- uh, paragraph. I won't read that one, but this literally just says, call upon me. I will respond to you. And so uh, that took me back to uh, Zainab uh, giving us a breakdown of the 99 affirmations or attributes of God and that blank one in terms of being an 
it being infinite and just infinite. connecting to that aspect of it saying, if you reach out to me, if you seek me, um, I will find you, I will respond to you. Um, and so um, it, it is evident in their faith and evident in how they practice uh, and evident into how we were treated there in Dubai by everyone that we came in contact uh, with, at least that's in my opinion. Is somebody on the phone call? We trying to work. Yeah, it probably might. Somebody no, just made a debut on the podcast. Just yeah, it, a phone call. It was a, <laughs> a, a random uh, FaceTime, and I'd I'd never heard of this name before. And it was only on face? my it was only on my uh, computer. Like it didn't um, show. It doesn't show on my um. Like I don't know who the person was. Anyway. Yes, it was an awesome experience. Um, I do think that this is a, a really great opportunity, uh, particularly to use uh, with your young people, with teenagers, you yeah. know, to kind of talk about um, religions or spirituality, you know, finding out about different kinds, um, regardless of, you know, what you choose to believe in, um, but just to have, you know, tolerance, inclusivity, um, and in peace towards other people who may see um, something different um, or worship someone or something different. Uh, I think it's a wonderful um, exercise to have with young people to kind of talk about. So even if you can't go to Abu Dhabi, um, you can actually do a lot of, you know, really, really cool research to kind of find out about the uh, this grand mosque um, and the wonderful people and the religion that they have over there. Yeah, and I would challenge you to take your young person or your young people um, and take them to a local mosque uh, and mm -hmm. tour that facility and talk about mm -hmm. those different aspects. You'd, and I think it's a, could be a learning experience for, for, uh, for all, for all involved. And there is one here, there's a highway, I forget which highway it is, but similar to the grand mosque in uh, Abu Dhabi, uh, on the way to DC, if you're driving a certain route to DC, um, outside the beltway, uh, on your way, there's this massive, massive mosque that towers above the trees. It literally looks like it would talk to us about it. Um, you'd be surprised how much they'll open up by doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, and if you do practice, if you, if you are a practicing um, uh, Muslim, chime in, chime in on uh, any of our any of our pages. Uh, we would love to to dialogue with you. Definitely. This has been part two of tripping with teens of our Dubai trip, focusing specifically on our experience in Abu Dhabi at the Grand Mosque. Yeah. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.